Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for another episode of Customizing Culture, the Heat Press Nation podcast. I'm your host, Jared Barbosa, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Uh, I have Kenji Hilton from I Can Do It Studio. How are you doing today, Kenji? I'm good. Dude, it is so good to have you, man. Fan of your work. I love what you do. Um, but for the people who may not know you yet, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. Thanks for the warm intro. So name's Kenji. I also go by Ken or Mizu. Depends on which part of my life we've met. Okay. <laughs> I feel like every name kind of has a different chapter or story to it. So I'm new. Yeah. So Kenji is cool. Did yeah, I Kenji's call you, cool. Did I call you the wrong one? I've been pushing Kenji. Okay, um, cool, Just because cool. like, I'm half Japanese, but I grew up in Japan. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, it's a nickname that's followed me from like first grade basically and i kind of been embracing that more as i've been kind of on this artistic journey mm -hmm. since i don't know my name's like ken hilton and mm -hmm. a lot of people think it's fake because one ken you know with the barbie movie coming out it's just been oh, that's crazy funny. yeah okay. i get a lot of references <laughs> my whole life like oh barbie and ken blah 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 and hilton like the hilton right. hotel paris hilton like everywhere i go if i say my name it kind of like throws off the conversation so i just keep it <laughs> focused on kenji or mizu cool. is my dj artist name so okay yeah and we're it, gonna get into that exactly yeah, yeah. and it kind of like gives me a reference of like where i met you too which is cool because mm. i feel like every chapter is like really different but also the same story yeah so, but yeah, my name's Kenji. Um, I run I Can Do It Studio, which is my one-man design firm. Uh, started off first as a freelance company where I did motion graphics, 3D design for artists, uh, mostly in the electronic music scene. That's okay. where I'm primarily from. So, and when you say like 3D design, like for their for like the the LED screens, or yeah, for... some visuals or like oh, assets. Okay, yeah, I use yeah. Blender because it's free. Free software is the best. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's just always been like about learning more and like kind of adding onto my skill set. And I hit a point where I'm like, I can do this all on my own. Like, I don't need a company to really get me a job, right? Yeah. And I think you know that's a whole different conversation. But basically. I do everything myself. I'm very proud of it. And I hope to like kind of push this ideology onto new people who are starting off being like, you don't need expensive equipment. You don't need, you know, proper training. You can just go on YouTube and learn so much today. So yeah. that's like my whole ethos is like, I'm a regular person. I'm not special. Like, you know, and I think you can do it too. That's the I can do it part. Dude, I love <laughs> it. Honestly, I feel like we really are aligned on a lot of our, our views, but especially the like, you don't need super crazy equipment. I think, and not to get ahead of ourselves, but like, um, I think we run almost the exact same equipment. So what's your heat press right I now? I got the 16 by 20 auto. The signature series? Yep. Signature slide out. Yes. The so slide out is key. That's my heat press. Oh, it so is. Okay. My, now mine's older than yours. So <laughs> my, so I got mine uh, when I first started like seven years ago. So I actually started at this company with like zero experience. Okay. Like I'd never touched a heat press before in my life. I uh, started here just cause I needed a job. Right. And then like I was hooked instantly. So within a few weeks, I think it was like my second paycheck. I threw it back in and I and I bought some gear. And then you also run the silhouette cameo. Yep. You're on the four. Yeah, the four. I'm plus. on the three. Yeah. Oh, the, four the plus. plus. Okay. The extra couple inches, you know. For, oh, for sure. <laughs> you got you got to get that full cut. So exactly. I'm still behind. I'm on the three. I started off with the cameo two, and then one Christmas Eve, Eve Eve, uh, it took a dive off of. I had it on on a high shelf and I was getting it down. So now I'm on the cameo three, and I've been <laughs> reluctant to upgrade just because I love it. It works so good. So, so yeah, I think, I think it's really cool. We have like basically like the same setup at home, but, um, and we're going to get more into that in just a minute, but first, cause see, I get ahead of myself, right? It's easy to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but first, man, I really want to kind of get into your story. So can you talk just a little bit of how you, a little bit about how you started in the music industry, right? Would you say you started first as a musician or as like a designer? Um, 
I would say that music followed me first because okay. in uh, high school, I was in band. I played saxophone. Mm -hmm. I was a band nerd, you know? Shout out to the band people. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I love saxophone. I was in jazz band, concert band, pep band, like, because we kind of had to be in everything. But jazz really, like, spoke to me because that was, like, the improvising and more freestyle part of music. Yeah, more expressive. Exactly. Yeah. Versus, like, the orchestra stuff is cool, but, you know, it's like you got to play by the book kind of thing. Yeah. And I always like kind of going by my own rules. I think that's kind of, like, my whole personality is, like, I don't mind learning, but once I learn something, I'm like, I want to do it my own way. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, music has been a big fundamental for me since I was, like, a child. And now I'm 33, you know? Wow. Millennials. We're still, we're still, we're still kids, man. We're still young at heart, man. Thirty-five. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so music has always been a big part of my life. But I kind of felt burnt out from all the band like regimen because you know it's mm -hmm. very strict. It's like you gotta be here, you gotta do this, blah blah. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. So took a break. Um, in college, my homie showed me how to DJ on a laptop, and from that moment on, like everything just changed. Like it was Did crazy. Did it just like click? With it you? clicked, yeah. Because yeah. like I always liked electronic music. Um, I have so many things to just say randomly, so I apologize <laughs> if it's no, just dude, getting I love a little it. tangent. It's it's all you. We're here. We want to hear your story because yeah. I know that there's people out there who are gonna be able to identify with it, and it's gonna inspire somebody to to get out there and do their own thing. So we want it all, man. We want okay, it all. for sure, for sure. So I grew up in Japan. Japan, mm. you know, everyone kind of. Is a little bit more familiar with the lifestyle now you know a lot of anime and stuff but there's it's a lot deeper than that right but mm -hmm. back in the day you know anime and ddr kind of ruled the world and i actually competed in ddr dude that's funny <laughs> travis who i don't know if you've met yet uh he he has one in his garage oh he does like, okay yeah he like loves it okay dope. Yeah, that's awesome um but yeah but you know ddr is electronic music very mm -hmm. like weird music to the general public but i loved it um because i always like being different and i think that was the fundamental of like why I liked the more techno electronics mm, produced mm. music versus like the traditional pop and like more polished, you know, easier listening music. And over time, like my interest of the saxophone and then going back to DJing, it kind of like all clicked together in college. It was my senior year and I bought a mixer and I just started learning and I was like, fuck, <laughs> this is yeah. what I want to do. Like, yeah, it, it all started making sense. Like, because I think when we grow up, you know, um, I'm half Asian, so I have relatively strict but also understanding parents my dad's white you know so it's kind of like two different backgrounds kind of coming together and growing up in japan they're you know very different lifestyle as well coming yeah. to the to america is different uh, upbringing so how how old were you when you came so you're born in america went grew up over there yeah and then how old were you when you came back i moved to hawaii when i was uh 10 or 11. Okay. I forgot what the exact number was because yeah. it's been a while now <laughs> since I told this story. But yeah, I, I moved around a lot. So I think I kind of like soaked in different cultures and oh, that's cool. values. And, yeah. you know, it really like formed who I am today. And like, I really appreciate like the Japanese upbringing because I think it makes me like really respectful and polite, but also like really hardworking. Yeah. And like America, there's a lot more opportunities, I think, to do random stuff. Like people can just press shirts and make a job, yeah. you know, for example, <laughs> yeah, which for is crazy. Sure. Like in Japan, like that's a lot more rare because you're kind of stuck to this regimen of like, you got to go to school and then get the degree and then straight to work until you die, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's wild. So I'm just super grateful that my parents gave me these opportunities and, you know, like they're very supportive. But I had to really pave like what I wanted to do versus like didn't hand me right. this you is you still gotta you carve your own path. Exactly. So to tie this all back, yeah. <laughs> going from you know music, um, I wanted a job where I was in an industry that was at least related to what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Prior to this, I was an engineer. I worked at an uh, engineering firm, Fortune 500. 
um, okay. you know, making good bucks. You so <laughs> you graduated with your chemical engineering chemical degree. engineering degree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Qu- question: How so? You say so in college, you're discovering music and all of that. You've been doing music since high school. How, how was there like a like an inner struggle as you're going through college to get this degree, but also realizing that like, oh shoot, I love this stuff too. Like what, what was like, was, was there an internal struggle going on or? Um, not really. Cause I didn't think it was a feasible career at the time. Oh, so it's just a hobby. It's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see creative as like a job because mm-hmm. I didn't know anyone who did that. So I couldn't believe it. You know, I, there was no seeing to believing moment. Were you fully prepared to live that corporate life? Like in, in college, were you fully prepared to like, just be the corporate guy for the rest of your life? I thought that was it. I thought that was, okay. I thought that was the life path that <laughs> was destined for me, you yeah. know? Um, but I think in college you do a lot of different things and your mm-hmm. mind opens up and, you know, seeing different experiences kind of awaken that part of my head, yeah. which kind of relates to the whole vision branding as well, um, which I'll cover later. I love, by the way. Thank you. Super sick shirt. Yeah, this one is actually uh, screen printed. It's a seven color process print, which is crazy. Um, my vendor, Noe, he's a master. He's That looks He amazing. knows what's up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shout out to Noe and Edgar. Um, they're in Riverside now, but yeah. Oh, they, okay. They yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'll say my music career, I gave it my best shot. I give it seven years of solid grinding, like producing, DJing, going out to gigs and all this. But, you know, it just gets kind of tiring. It's a tough, <laughs> indi- it's a tough, tough industry. Me and my brothers have been in a band f- since 2013 or something like that. No, 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 no. Sorry. 2008. Mm-hmm. 2013, we did. We Anyways. So, yeah. And, and honestly, I only continue on it because it's fun and I love it. And I love making music. Like as a career, I wouldn't say I've given up on it, but I've accepted the fact that if, if this is it, then then that's okay. Yeah. You know, obviously we're still pushing, still trying, but the music industry is tough. Yeah. It, it is, it is a, I would say the music industry is much, much more difficult to make it than with uh, like your own brand. A hundred percent. And that's yeah. kind of like the whole thing was like, you know, we have 24 hours a day and you have to decide or you have to decide where you're going to allocate those 24 hours, yeah. you know, and I'm a person that likes to do everything because that's just who I am. I can do it at the studio. But even I was like, I need to make some decisions now because I can't be 50% music, 50% design. You know, I have to go 100% or like at least 90, 10, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically what's cool about this whole journey is like the music career has made me learn these skills because when you produce music and you want to release it, you need cover art, right? Yes, dude. <laughs> yes. So are you gonna hire someone off Fiverr for ten dollars and go back and forth for you know two weeks and get Jeez. something you don't like? Yeah. Use mid-journey AI and get something weird. Yeah. Or are you just gonna learn it yourself and you know make what you want? Yeah. And it's just it's a prog- it's a process that takes time. But once you have like two years of doing something, mm-hmm. that's kind of like I think when your work becomes presentable is like around the two year mark for a lot of things. Right, right. Unless you're directly ripping people off, yeah. like for your to develop your own style. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it takes 100%. time, you know, and like but the beauty of that is like not only did you create your own style, but now you have the skill set to give services. So yes. if someone needs a design now, you can be like, oh, 50 bucks. Sure. You know, when you start mm-hmm. off, it's OK to start small, but you're going to have to define your value over time, obviously. But yes. And then be sure to increase that value as your skills increase. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the short version of it. It's just like music forced me to learn how to design better. And then from that point on, I had to make motion graphics to, you know, put a video behind my song. So I learned After Effects. Okay. And so. that's just how it went, man. Just, I was like, I don't want to pay people. Yeah. And <laughs> so then, and then other the people started hiring you for that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Awesome. That's, that's I, dude, I, it's always fun for me to uh, to people. You don't even realize you're kind of on a parallel path. 
So like I, jeez, uh, when we first started our band, 2008 era, mm-hmm. right? We needed stuff. For me, it was uh, show flyers because we were always throwing our own shows because nobody would bring us to their venue. So like, fine, we'll throw our own, we'll throw our own shows. So I was doing like the uh, the artwork for the for the flyers, and then hey, can you do artwork for this? We weren't even on that show, but I would do their postcards and and you know everybody would hand out the postcards. Uh, and so then I started doing album art for my other friends bands. And then that got me into a, a, a real job, right. Working with like a real estate company. And then I was like, Oh, I'm like a corporate, like, I'm like doing, Uh-oh. and then I was what doing, happened? all that. yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm a seller. <laughs> and then, and then I got, I got serious with my girlfriend who's now my wife. And I was like, Oh, I need something even more serious than this. And that's what ended me up here. But part of what got me here was that like, it was a creative like when I went out, when I found this company, I was like, oh, you could be creative here, like making shirts. And I was like, oh, and that, and that really, cause one thing I did like about the, the, the real estate job was I was at least doing something fun, mm-hmm. like designing flyers and, and marketing materials and stuff. And it just, it's kind of a sucky gig. But, but then when I came here, I was like, oh, the creativity just really just spoke to me. And like, like I said, like it, I don't know if I said this it, before in our like pre <laughs> in our pre-talk yeah, yeah but when i first started working here like like i was sold within weeks like second or third paycheck i bought my stuff uh just because i think I, like, I love being creative like i really do like if i if i had a job where i was just you know an accountant or something like that like i would for sure have a metal band at night or something like you know mm-hmm. something of that nature because I, ha- I like i feel like i have to have that sort of like a creative expression in my life in some capacity so it, let's just say hypothetically here, if you had continued on that corporate path, do you think you would have you would have been like moonlighting as still either as a DJ or as a graphic designer or something like that? That is a crazy question because yeah. that's like a parallel universe kind of yeah, thing, right? Yeah. Like second universe. Um, I'll probably be doing music, I think. Music? Because okay. so the thing with music to me is like music is very personal into the heart. Like it comes from my soul kind of thing. Yeah. Um, versus design. Yes, I care about design, but I'm more okay with monetizing design. Yeah. Which is why like I sell clothing. You I know? have a very hard time monetizing music or <laughs> yeah. writing to accommodate something that Correct. might sell better. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is like something every creative or artist goes through. It's like, you know, first you start something because you love it. Mm-hmm. But then there's like that turning point where, okay, do I love this enough to make it a job or is it going to stay as a hobby? Because yeah. once you start chasing the job aspect, it becomes less fun. A lot yeah. of the fun oh, disappears. For sure. you know? Yeah. And you have to make a lot of concessions with it too. Cause even though, even if you are running your own business, you have to make concessions for the customers, for your supplier, for your print method. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's all these things that, that you know, that go into it. Exactly. How the sausage is made. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of the whole thing with like my brands that I run is like, I make stuff that I wear. So I'm no, I'm not like selling out. Like it's like, yeah. I do this cause I want this too. And yeah. if I can sell like, you know, a hundred units, then I can order a hundred units versus like paying for one sample. That's like yeah. 150 bucks. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's like, it, that's kind of like my ethos is like, I only sell stuff that I believe in. Like, I don't want to just make some random Etsy shit that sells like, you know, a million dollars. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like, you know, to yeah. have that, but like, I don't strive to do that. If that pops off, that'd be sick. But like, yeah. I don't dedicate my time to just make money. Like I yeah. dedicate my time to be good at what I do. Do you get, a, I don't know if you've seen these videos where it's like, Here's how you could create passive income. Go steal someone's design, <laughs> have someone fulfill it for you on Etsy. Like I get so offended by that. Yeah, I don't know why. it's a weird vibe for sure. Yeah, because <laughs> I think 
the yeah. the way you present yourself online really dictates the kind of followers you get yeah um and support group because that's what i've been realizing you know because like i'm not in no way big or anything but going from the 800 follower range to 10,000. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing that up because okay. I'm really, really curious about that path. So sorry, so I, I totally cut you off there. All good. But yeah, you went from like seven or 800 to 10,000 in two months. Yeah. Okay, be honest, was there any paid advertising or targeting behind that or is it just organic growth? So I run ads to my brand because- Okay. Yeah, okay. but I don't run brands to me or I don't run ads to me saying like, follow so, me. So follow, it's more yeah. like, you know, just visibility ad yeah. spend. Kind People of are stuff. just connecting with the content. Yeah, yeah, I just run top of funnel like interest ads kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I need to work on my retargeting because I'm I think I'm losing a lot of sales on that. <laughs> but yeah, it's all just like you know, this is my brand kind of ads, not like follow me because this is what I do kind of stuff. So yeah. everything was straight through reels. It's just crazy. I love it. And, and one thing I will say is even even and some people might hear this and they may they may not understand all those terms. Yeah. Um. Even if you are, and I know this from experience with my band. Even if you are paying for clicks, it does not equal followers. Mm -hmm. We've sunk a ton of money into uh, targeting like new song, new single releases. And if the song is bad, the song is bad and no one's going to follow you. Yeah. And so I think that just really speaks to the quality of your content. Because in two months, you could throw all the money you, you want at something. And if the, if the content is terrible, you're not going to get 10,000 followers. Absolutely. Uh, and so I just really, I think it really speaks to, to you've, you've hit something. You, you really hit something with your content, with the way that you show your work. Um, obviously, it's good quality stuff. Like, Thank you. Like, I know. Would you consider that like your flag, one of your flagship designs, or is it just kind of the latest? And this one? Yeah. Yeah, it's a flagship for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing different variations and like colors. So yeah, that's I when it's like it makes it, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, the people like this one. I'm going to sell more of this one. Yeah, I think up. people are seeing that. They're connecting with it. And I, I think it's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to come to, to like, I guess, meet you back in a year and say like, hey, well, you did 200K in a, in, or I'm sorry, it was yeah, 700 to 10K, sorry. You did 10K in two months, and then in one year, you, you managed to hit half a million, million followers. Like, I'm super excited to see, like, how, how it scales up. I yeah. Guess. Yeah, follower count in social media is, like, very interesting because, you know, when you don't have it, you're like, I want to get there. But yeah. as I saw it go up, I was like, I just have a lot of DMs from random people, like mostly manufacturers. Oh, like, oh, oh, do you need supplier? I'm like, no, I don't need supplier. I already have my fucking people. You yeah. know? Um, but it's good to have options. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hate those emails. Yeah. And, but to be honest, like through all the noise, there are like cool people I've also connected with. So mm -hmm. it is kind of like that double edged sword where it's like, not everything's going to be good, but I still have this new visibility that I never had that yeah. I've wanted for years, you know? Um, and it does add a little bit of pressure. Like I can't just post some random picture on my story as much as I used to, you know, oh, I, I kind right. of feel like that, but I still want to keep it real. Cause I'm not trying to be like a company. Like I'm me mm. and this is what I do. And I don't want people to look at my page and be like, Oh, this is becoming like corporate shit. You know, I don't want to yeah. get that vibe off. Um, which is why like, I like to emphasize me making things and like showing me being more hands-on mm. versus just like showing product because you can like, if I show a product, like someone could have printed that. You don't know. You right, know? right. Um, but if I'm like peeling a hundred vinyls, you know, weeding all that, like people yes. are like, damn, even this guy's like grinding it out. And I think it's good to have that transparency because like, I'm not trying to hide anything. Yeah. This is the reality. You know? How's the feedback been on? Cause I go through your comments. I've been through like your comments on, on some pages and I love, I love to see when people are like, Oh dude, like I got to try that, you know? 
How has the general feedback been from, not from the bot. We all have the bots. <laughs> Promote on page blank. <laughs> come to Brazil. I used to be the, I used to be for all the bands. Come to Brazil. And now it's promote on this one. Yeah. But besides that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how's the feedback been? Feedback's been good. Uh, a lot of people asking about, you know, things that I already talked about in the video. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of like, mm -hmm. you didn't read it. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know, thanks a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mostly pretty good. Like people just ask like, oh, what settings do you recommend? And, you know, those, oh, okay. that's information I'm down to give out, you know, without like a consultation session or anything. Because yeah. I don't know it. It's weird because when you buy like equipment and you buy the cutter and you buy the rolls and then you put the settings in and it never works in the first go. I don't yeah. know for you, but for me, especially the brick, we can talk about the brick more later. Oh, but brick. man, I love I love brick. Though. That's that's a fun one. <laughs> I've had to change the cut settings on that so many times until I realized that I just cranked the blade up to 10 mm -hmm. and it, I don't have any more problems. Anymore. Oh, there we go. See, <laughs> I think. I haven't done, we did brick a few episodes ago, but I didn't cut it. Okay. All right. Let pull in the curtain back a little bit. You guys, uh, <laughs> I didn't cut it that day. Uh, mm -hmm. it, uh, we had, we had Ronnie who you met. Yeah. Uh, she cut it for me. Um, and so I saw when I, when I looked at it, I was like, Oh man, some of the, some of the corners are a little jagged. Yeah. Yeah. The corners you, are tough. Yeah, yeah. Corners are tough. Have you tried using the, uh, the craft blade, which is the thicker blade? Um, no, but I have the premium one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that yeah. thing changed my life. Oh, did it really? Yes. The, I haven't used that one yet. Yeah, the stock one, the click one. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's fine when you start off, but I kept on like disassembling it because I was like, it's not reaching to the 10 setting mm -hmm. and it'll just keep on clicking. And I think I broke it. So I was like, yeah. all right, I need to figure this out because I need to yeah. cut more vinyl. And I just bought the premium one. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is better. You can That, that makes so much more sense. But yeah, so that's that's what I that's what I have done in the past with my uh, cameo. Cool. Yeah. And and I guess while while we're on this now, like, so let's kind of talk about your transition into making clothing. So you're so you're booking gigs and you've worked with some pretty like high level people. I mean, were, did you get those uh, partnerships through the like the graphic and, and video elements, or was it for the the clothing and merch? Yeah. Production? So full disclosure, like my previous company, Electric Family, mm -hmm. um, they gave me the green light to list like the vendors we were or the clients we worked at as like my clients as mm -hmm. well, um, because I was like running everything. Yeah, of course. So yeah. I really appreciated that they let me do that because I know some companies don't like that. Yeah. Um, and the reason being is like I was one of the first members that they hired. Oh, so, that's so I built cool. the company with them. Um, I was with them for seven years. And wow. We okay. Went, yeah, we went from a small office in Santa Monica to like an office with a warehouse in Montebello and stuff. Holy and shit. Yeah. yeah, and you know that's the main reason why, like, I think I'm here right now is because now you, now you say you were working there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So wow, well, oh man, I don't want to jump ahead. It's like, okay. What's up, dude? That's like <laughs> so fascinating to me. So at some point, you had to even break away from that. Yeah, I just hit up. So I was the creative director there mm -hmm. as well as brand director. But I started in the warehouse, kind of like how you started, you know, from the yeah, bottom just, here. Yeah. Um, because I loved it. I, you know, that this is kind of ties back to that first question is like the music part. I was yeah. like, how do I get into the music industry? I had no clue. But this brand Electric Family was like kind of blowing up because they do charity work with artists. Mm -hmm. um, they donate a portion to charity and all this. And oh, I was like, sick. this is tight. You know, I like this. Um, and I was 24 at the time, so I had nothing to lose. <laughs> um, I left my engineering job and my parents were freaking out. Oh, oh yeah. That was a crazy <laughs> yeah. time. That was the first time I think I felt like my parents actually like kind of blacklisted me. Oh, <laughs> they just, did they it give was, you the whole disappointed speech? Oh, yeah. They were like, are you on drugs? Like, what's going on? And I'm like... <sighs> I mean, I don't know. Am I? What did you tell me? <laughs> um, but yeah. you know, to circle back on, on that a little bit. But they're they're really proud of me now. They like, they're just like, man, yeah. they visited me um, uh, two months ago and saw my spot and like my operation. They're like, damn, like 
you did this. Oh, and I'm like, that's cool. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> don't doubt me. Like I, I go a thousand percent, you know, I don't yeah. like doing stuff um, half ass. So, but yeah. Um, sorry. What was the question again? What was the, Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so bad. we were talking, so, so basically transitioning from working for a company that you helped build oh, yeah, yeah. from the ground up yeah, yeah. to venturing off completely solo. Yeah, exactly. Thank, thanks, uh, Jared. Yeah. So yeah, from Electric Family, like I was there for seven years and I just hit a ceiling there where I wasn't really getting what I wanted out of the company, um, which, you know, it's cool. It's not my company and like the guys are awesome. I really appreciate what they've done for me, but I just wasn't getting that creative fulfillment that I needed. Um, and funny story is that we actually had this subscription box program that I was running. Um, I was sourcing, designing and everything. And that was kind of where I got my design like chops really like that's where it started leveling up because every month we had to drop a shirt. Oh, so I had a deadline like every 14 days to get this designed, produced and then shipped out. So Dang. Yeah, my, yeah, my deadlines are crazy. Um, <laughs> it's even shorter sometimes, but, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, that at that point I already like Photoshop is like, you know, I can use Photoshop with my eyes closed because yeah. I've been using it since seventh grade um, with some cracked software, off, you know, LimeWire and stuff. We all did it. The good we old days. Yeah. The good old days before <laughs> the cloud, which I pay for now. So, yes, yes it's fully funded by my account. So it's not bootleg. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Photoshop, I always loved it. You know, very tough to look at and not easy on the eyes when you first open it. But yeah. when you it, learn it's it. It's intimidating. It, I, yeah. So I get it. Like some of our, because like I always recommend for people because we get a lot of sublimation customers at heat presentation i'm always like guys use the free stuff for as long as you need to but learn photoshop learn photoshop and i was like oh it's so hard <laughs> and then you know i've been in it so long that i forget but yeah photoshop can be intimidating yeah but, uh, it's like, worth it but illustrator is a different question oh Illustrator. that style. used to stress me out so it still much. does stress <laughs> me out <laughs> you're like where did this piece go <laughs> yeah um but yeah so photoshop was like i already knew it pretty well at that point, mm. obviously not as well as now, but you know, good enough to make graphics and all this stuff. But uh, that's when I started picking up Illustrator because you know, I was under the impression that you had to use vector graphics only, um, mm. you know, mm. which is kind of true for the most part, unless you work with like right. separators who know how to do everything. Um, but just to keep like spot color things simple, it's like, okay, just make a vector, you know, it's always gonna be 300 plus DPI, so you're chilling. Um, and yeah, from that point on, like I just knew that I had to put more time into what I do mm -hmm. and it just got better and better until a point where like I made a graphic and I posted it on my IG as kind of like, Oh, that's what I'm working on. And people were like, yo, that's sick. And I was like, that's the first time anyone's ever said that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a fucking sick moment, you know? Yeah. And that gave me enough encouragement that, wow, people like what I make now. Like, cause what I was doing was like, I was kind of disassociating the designs from being very brand focused to more general. So vision started off as like more like graphics, not like the text. Um, yeah. which is still is kind of more around the illustrations and stuff. But that was the moment where I was like, maybe this is something I can do now. And I was also picking up like freelance work for some artists like Jana. Shout out to Jana. She's, oh, she's awesome. Nice. nice. Um, yeah. She, uh, she wants me to design her jerseys. So I'll design her jerseys. And Very you know, cool. it's like, sometimes when you get work, you might not know a hundred percent how to do it, but you got to figure it out on the job. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then you upgrade your skill set. And I think like, it's always good to kind of overreach a little bit. You don't want to go yeah. super hard and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> I can make like, you know, a full 3d rendered movie for you. Like, I'm not going to do yeah. stuff like that, but it's like, yeah, I, I can do that. You know? And then I figured that out kind of thing. So. Yeah, for sure. Cause like, yeah, I think if you're not extending yourself at least a little bit, you're just going to stay stagnant. Exactly. But all your stuff's going to look the same. Correct. Yeah. And your rates are going to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a business yeah. thing too. You got to make money. It's not a charity. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know. 
Yes. You, can, you can work with charities. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my business is not a charity. Yeah, you got to pay yourself first, you know, just pay for necessities. And then if you have more, you can help out. But you yeah. kind of keep the ship running first. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So from that point on, like, it's all this like little confidence boosters, like giving me like that moment where I'm like, okay, I think I can do this. Yeah. And I spent about four months uh, working on my I can do it studio, like website, Shopify, all this, trying to get it set up as I was kind of stepping out of my role at Electric Family. Mm-hmm. And I gave him like a four month notice. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, because like I, I have nothing against them. And like, you know, we ended on very good terms. I'm actually doing their pop up shop this weekend. Oh, so, sick. You know, it's like full circle kind of thing. And yeah. yeah, it's just like that was the moment when I realized like the only thing a company really does for a lot of people is like give you that kind of safety net and financial support right. because like when you start funding your own samples you sample way less now you're like wait a second this costs 200 dollars. like i just need one yeah. but when you're in a company you're like i'll sample in all sizes you know get it to the client overnight shipping like you don't think about the finances as much although you probably should um, yeah. but you know it's like it's, it becomes a lot more real because now your bank account you see that every single yeah. day and you see the charges you're like hmm i'm spending too much here so yeah that's kind of like the transition was like just having the confidence of realizing okay people actually acknowledge what i do now and i think that was a big play before i dove off into my own stuff i like what you said um a moment ago when you mentioned how you made the focus more on the graphics and not so much on putting uh text on a shirt Mm -hmm. um i dude i on one of your reels you put you you were giving your tips and i'm hoping you could speak to this one like what's the uh oh yes there are five (laughs) no i'm just kidding but but when i saw that reel and then it reminded me of when you said it right now is like and i had this problem when i launched my my brand like it was just about my logo which i thought was dope Mm -hmm. but tell me why that's not a great idea yeah i mean graphically things can look good right but that's also a subjective thing it's like everyone has a different preference but there is consensus when things look good but you buy a brand because you like the brand you don't buy the brand because you like the logo the logo is kind of like that sub uh subconscious like attachment to the brand that happens over time so like i mean the best example is nike i think like you know yeah you put the swoosh on anything people are like oh nike it's yeah. dope yeah. you know it's it's crazy but that's that's how much brand power they have or even supreme you know the box logo oh you see the box logo uh, not as popular right now but yeah, yeah it, it was a couple years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah it was crazy but you, know, you put the box logo on anything people are like oh man so sick but it's like it's just a water bottle but suddenly it's a sick water <laughs> bottle because it says supreme on it and that's like the biggest thing that I think people don't realize is like you can pay $2,000 to get the best graphic designer to make a logo. But if your brand has no story, like no one's going to care. Yes, you know? dude. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen that happen a lot. Um, and again, starting with myself, like I've made this blunder before is like, like, yeah, you might have a couple friends buy your stuff with your logo on it because they love you. They, mm-hmm. cause they, and like how you said, having a story, they know your story. But the general public. The people who you're advertising to, you're paying these ads, all this money to to send people back to your brand, and it's just a logo shirt, and nobody knows nobody knows you. Yeah. Um. So then, when I from from there, I, I dude, oh, that's what, <laughs> like, dude, you were like preaching to me, man. It's tough that, out there. With that, really, it is tough <laughs> on the streets, bro. Um. But then when when the when I when I made my focus towards getting better, just designs, moving away from my own brand logo that's when I think I started seeing people like, like it more. And nice. not, not that I'm huge in any way at all. Um, but just even with what little tiny minuscule minor success I've had, that's still something. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and it, I noticed it was when I made the move towards, towards graphics. So how, how have you kind of seen that in your latest designs? Do you keep track of like, Hey, this one's more graphic heavy. This one's more logo. Like, do you keep track of that? Like, 
Or at least in your mind, like, yeah, is, that, is that out the front of your mind? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, like, ideally, everyone wants to kind of move to logo and branding stuff because it's a lot easier. And you can, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's easy because you don't have to recreate a design every single time. And, like, you can do multiple colorways, different garments, and, like, just keep on cranking it out. So I have, like, a litmus test that I do is, like, you know, uh, we, can sh we can go do this later on the samples and stuff. But, like, the vision, right? Like, mm -hmm. this is, like not a staple like this is a design right it's mm -hmm. not in like my logo branding kit if i were to send that to somebody okay right versus like the vision like i don't know if you can see see this here but the v star is kind of like a more of a brand mark right yeah so i'm testing like okay if i put this on shorts are people gonna buy that and then if mm. i see sales maybe i can kind of shift that onto a garment and see like or a shirt sorry and then just see like oh, okay now people like it on the shirt cool it's like establishing itself within the brand it. and kind of like eliminating what does and does not work so i would say that it's like that's the whole thing with the heat press is like you can just make one unit for yourself it's, yeah it's crazy like it's changed literally everything for me because committing to a sample you know screen print a sample yeah <laughs> it's expensive <laughs> and then you gotta wait like two weeks you know and then you gotta get it shipped to and back from the vendor yeah so many fees you know but the heat press and the cutter, you just invest like, you know, I don't know, 1.2K or something like that. I think that's oh, yeah, that yeah. my bill. Um, and you buy materials. But once like the press starts paying itself, now you're just cranking oh, everything out. And it's like awesome. Dude, my equipment has paid for itself so, so many times over. Even I want to say, because this I did keep track of. When I first got my press, well, this was seven years ago. So it was cheaper back then. <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day. Before with, inflation. With my little employee <laughs> discount. Uh, I don't know what the exact dollar amount. I want to say I dropped like 700 together for, cool. the, for whatever it was. Good price. Right? Yeah. 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 And I had, I had it paid off within, I think, like six months of very casual use. Because, again, I started here knowing nothing. A couple weeks later, bought my stuff. Mm -hmm. Was learning on the job. My first, oh, dude. My <laughs> first shirt's peeled. The, oh, no. <laughs> he press sucks. <laughs> yeah, dude. What and is that's, this sticker? Yeah. And that's because I didn't... um. Like, I guess I hadn't gone through that part of training <laughs> about mm. setting the right pressure. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I was very green, very new. And obviously here, like, like yes, I got training on how to make shirts, but really I got training on how to answer phones and <laughs> and, and do and do that sort of thing. Um, so learned the hard way, had mm -hmm. some customers return some stuff, grew, but paid it off Yeah, in, in just a few months. And dude, when, when I think of other stuff that I've bought, like, you know, I don't know. I don't make a lot of money as a musician at all. So my guitars, they don't pay themselves mm. off. <laughs> but you write it yeah. off as an expense. Oh, 100%. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Tax tips. <laughs> very important, honestly. They, they actually are very yeah. important. <laughs> all right. So before we move on to, to process, because I do, I do, we got to talk about brick. We got to talk about brick. Always the brick. But really quick, I guess, moving on from the, before we move on from like the brand section, like, so you have vision and you also have house. Yes. So which one came first? House came first. Okay. Because in the beginning, there was house. Yeah, which okay. Is, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I like, that. I like that play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so house, house came first. What was that kind of birth and what was the inspiration behind that? Was it just like, did it start as like, I made one shirt and it blew up or what was the story behind that? So that kind of goes back to the whole subscri subscription box thing I was doing. Okay. House was one of the designs I threw in there. Um, and I don't, I don't get feedback, so I wasn't sure if people liked it or not. Mm -hmm. But I had the artwork, so I kind of kept it, you know. Because, I mean, I made it on my own time. Right. So, obviously, it's like, this is mine. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm a house music DJ producer. So, house music means a lot to me. Especially with, like, the upbringing of electronic music from, like, first grade. The whole DDR story, you know. Mm -hmm. It all kind of ties back to, like, who I am today. So, 
house music, like, I know it started in the 80s in Chicago. It's, like, you know, black and LGBT, like, origins. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. And, like, I'm not trying to take anything away from it. I'm more, like, building on top of the fact that, you know, house music can be for everybody. Like, that's why music festivals are so big. And it brings people from all, you know, different walks of life together just because of music. It's crazy. And that's what I really fell in love with is, like, the whole music scene. Um, and that's why I wanted to be a DJ and producer because, like, I wanted to give that feeling of being in the crowd from the stage. Yeah. And, you know, I got to play some cool gigs. Like, I did Splash House in Palm Springs. Okay, times. nice. Um, nice. I played with Brownies and Lemonade. They're, like, mm-hmm. really dope group um, and L.A.-based as well. <clears throat> and, yeah, I just think, like, house music means a lot to me. And the thing with, like, music merchandise is it can be very cheesy yes um, a lot oh, of this, yeah. the shirts say like house music is the best you know i'm a house head <laughs> and my goal was to like kind of be more low-key because house music is like pretty low-key like mm. it's more of like the cool people club kind of but yeah, not like really, like there's but... to my knowledge there's not really a house award at the grammys i don't think right. so it's more yeah. just basic electronic music right right um but yeah i mean house music i think it's like it's kind of like the purest form of electronic close to like techno because it's like you know techno came first and then house came afterwards um I believe that was a, from a video I watched recently. <laughs> Just trying to make sure I'm educated, you know, because I, I do like want to respect the origins of where things start. But yeah, like just kind of pushing the house music like vibe to people mm-hmm. without explicitly saying house music. It's just house, right? Yeah. So yeah. that was kind of like a test is like, are people going to know what this means? Mm-hmm. And apparently people do know what it means because I had a sample hat that I made um, similar to this one, but the dad hat version. But I went to a bar and the bartender was like, yo, sick hat. And I was like, he knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knows something. You know what that means? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, you know, it's the same thing. Like, I think every design is kind of like that trial where you, you got to wear yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if no one says anything, it's either like they don't want to approach you because they might feel awkward or strange or they don't care about what you're wearing, you know, which right. is most like the second part. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you know, what's, you know, what's funny is like uh, the other day I made myself sorry to Universal, whoever owns it, but Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. I made myself a Lord of the Rings. I just put the, the Return of the King poster on a T-shirt and I just wore it. I was testing out the white toner printers. It's just a sample. It's, it's just a sale. sample. Not yeah, for not sale. Sale. Definitely not for sale. Exactly. Dude, I've never had more people want to talk to me. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I put off bad vibes on any other day. But the day I wore, like the, the the door guy at Costco was talking to me, uh, the cashier at Trader Joe's was like we like dude like every I was like oh cool it's like a superpower like especially the Trader Joe's person I'm sure oh yeah well they're, they talk to they're, everybody they're energetic yeah yeah <laughs> not by choice sometimes <laughs> my boss says to ask you about your date I or. gotta talk to five people <laughs> <laughs> but you know but the but yeah so I, like I never had more people talk to me than about that shirt and I think that. To me, I wish it would have been one of my own designs because yeah, then I would have known like, okay, like that's, that's for sure the test on uh, what works and, and what doesn't, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah so, yeah. so yeah, house came from that basically is like kind of pushing house music to a more like cool niche looking design without being too loud about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually working on a brand new house logo right now with the designer from Mexico. Super nice. dope, like freehand graffiti, uh, black book kind of look. And I think like, I do want to kind of graduate from what I have now. Like this got me to here, which is Mm -hmm. cool, but I understand with growing and like, you know, there are some things that may be not correct (laughs) under copyright law and things, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I think it's okay to take a chance, but you don't want to just keep on writing it because it's doing well. I think you should always have a plan B. 
Yeah. And like, you know, I want to also be known for my own design that I create, even if it's like with another designer, you know, it's like we right work together. Um, and that's why like, oh, sorry, sorry. Creating and curating. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's still going to be low key, but like I'm thinking about eventually kind of facing out most of the flip logo and maybe the try logo too. But the try logo, I feel indifferent about that's that. That's cool, man. Yeah. And like, honestly, like, man, if, if people know anything about streetwear, it's all just ripping other people's shit. Like straight up, like it's how you do it. It's like how it kind of separates you, I think. Yeah. And I know mine's like not intricately done differently, but I don't see anyone else doing it. Remember how many anti-social social club like shirts there were? Like <laughs> yes. every club, every cafe, every restaurant. I'm just like I don't even know who the original what that was about. I just know all the ripoffs. <laughs> it was about sad boys. Oh, was it? Yeah, okay. It was about being sad. Okay. Um, but you know what I mean? It's like people like that, like no one said a word because everyone was copying it. But like, why do you want to copy everyone else? Yeah. You know? So that's kind of where I stand with everything. And that's cool. Yeah. And you know, I'm glad it's brought me to here because it gives me confidence. It gives me an outlet to produce what I want to produce. And like people look dope when they wear it. And I'm like, hell yeah, this guy's like wearing it at a show, Heck you know, yeah. on stage, off stage. It doesn't matter to me. Like people supporting is all that matters to me. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. So now kind of going over to, to your actual process mm -hmm. earlier, we kind of mentioned how like, yeah, you use stuff that's accessible that other people can use in hopes to like influence them. Like, yeah, get out there, do your own stuff. Uh, one of the things that you use that I think is one of the most underrated uh, products in heat transfer, you you use Caesar brick. Oh yeah, the brick. Yeah, what's that? For, for can you do us a favor and just like share like your do's and don'ts for brick? I think a lot of people they'll try to put like a big chest logo of brick and like eh, it sucks. I'm like no, you're just using it wrong. Yeah, the brick shines on like minimal logos, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I got the inspiration from Superdry because Superdry actually has a lot of dope like process printing that they do. Mm -hmm. And I was looking on stalls or Transfer Express for materials and I was like, eh, these are like, okay, they, they look close, but I know it's not the actual thing. And I think on YouTube, I was searching like textiles and materials to use on Cameo. And then this person was doing a tutorial on the brick and I was like, this is it. This is the thing that I want to use. Like, And I bought, uh, yeah, I bought a small sheet. It was like, ten dollars you know the the yeah. trial piece and yeah, cut it out pressed it and i was like this is some high-end shit like this is cool yeah and i just made it in my house like how the hell did that happen you know so do's and don'ts um don't go too intricate with your designs like the corners um yeah it's a hit or miss because some designs like they come out I, I have a techno shirt with me i can show you mm -hmm. but the corners are like like two millimeters thick like but they come out amazing and I think that's because the blade settings and the cut settings oh, okay. need to be optimized. And when you buy it, I think a lot of manufacturer settings don't work straight out of the box. Yeah. Like I wasted so much vinyl. Just, <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So yeah, tweaking the settings and you know, I don't I'll share you the settings. I use 10 blade on Cameo 4. And I think pressure like six or no no, sorry, pressure 17 and speed. You know my heart. <laughs> yeah, well I have, awesome. a, I have a bunch of screenshots. Um and speed like three two or three i like to cut oh, slow. So you slow it down yes okay. yes yeah i cut everything slow um especially with the more expensive material because like the ptsd from my cutter going rogue <laughs> and just cutting <laughs> my 3m oh man when the 3m gets cut like you just wasted 20 dollars oh like, man it's crazy yeah. you know and then my shirts are la expensive apparel stuff. so they're like you know 10 to 12 bucks a pop Ooh. So now I'm messing that's up. That's the like, wholesale price for it? Yeah. yeah oh, jeez. Yeah. 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 That's why my shirts are 40 something. Cause yeah, yeah my margins. Not, you, you have to. Yeah. yeah. My margins aren't even that great on it, you yeah. know, but it's okay <laughs> because like, I don't want to upsell and like charge 50, 60. 
because then mm. I might alienate people from buying it. Yeah. You know, I'd rather sacrifice like another five bucks on a shirt just so someone else can buy it. I always it. have that struggle of where to price my shirts because me growing up, I used to always want the cool like skate shirts. Uh, and then you go, even, even going into Vans and when I was young, like a $27 shirt was a lot yeah. of money. Like I was looking for like a $10 shirt, $10, <laughs> you know? And then, and then you go to other brands. Like I remember like as a kid, I used to always want to buy like Ezekiel shirts or, or the ES, like from the shoe brands by the shoe. The Did you buy Crooks and Castles and stuff? Dude. Okay. So crazy <laughs> LRG, story. One of my old Echo. homies, he was on the ground level of Crooks. Uh, I think his brother-in-law or somebody was not one of the founders, but they were one of the early someone's like the purchasing guy or mm. something like that. So he would flow us all these samples from Crooks and That's Castle. That's awesome. So, oh, dude. So I <laughs> thought I, I had this one sample jacket that I, to this day, I never, ever saw it in, on any, anything, right? I think it was a prototype. I wore that thing with pride. I wore it out. I wore it completely. Do you still so have bad. it? No. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> i'm pretty sure i lost because it, it got it got busted up because mm -hmm. like i wore it so so much that it, yeah it got all busted up and so yeah in hindsight and, and and that this was geez at least 15 years ago or something like that it was, it was a long time ago yeah and so this was before like the whole ebay vintage before the the anything from the early thousands became collector's items, mm -hmm. so like I didn't, I wasn't thinking, you know, if I'd have known that, I'd just put it in a box and hit oh, it. Oh yeah, but, like all the Pokemon cards. Yeah. Oh, I never <laughs> knew my Pokemon cards were gonna be worth money. Yeah. Like, everyone's like, oh, I have all these collections at home. I'm like, yeah, but is it in good condition? Because I don't think so. You it's probably, been, in, yeah. yeah, it's been in your sweaty attic. Exactly. For, yeah. That's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so back to brick question. Back Did you ever brick. try brick one thousand? No, what is brick 1000? So, is that the thickness? Yeah, so, yeah, so brick six, this brick that we use today is actually called brick 600. It's 600 microns mm, thick. That's right. It, you, the previous version used to be brick, and they wouldn't call it 1000. The original was just brick, but now we refer to it as 1000 because it was 1000 microns thick. That's hella so thick. It was, dude, it was even <laughs> thicker, and it was way harder to cut. Yeah. You had to have, like, uh, even with the cameo, I don't know if the cameo could cut it right because you had to have the... Uh, like the 60 degree blade mm. for like your GCC or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the it high was super thick. It caused so many problems that Caesar made it thinner so more people could cut it right it's on consumer the, friendly. Yeah. Anyone yeah. can pop it up. And but just, now I don't know where to find the 1000. <laughs> now it's a collector's item. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. I mean, I'm imagining because like a thousand is almost double as 600. So that's yeah. like hella thick. It's like, very, yeah. very thick. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Did you ever mess with like uh, like like the flocked vinyl or any other thick thick vinyls? Not really, because um, it's like not the look that I want for my clothing. Okay. So I usually only go for stuff that I would actually make. Um, mm -hmm. If people send me samples, I'm down to test it out just to see what it looks like. Like so, it's called it's called Caesar, not Sizer. Oh, Caesar, Caesar. yeah, Caesar, <laughs> Caesar. Okay, I've been saying yeah, like Sizer. the salad. Yeah, <laughs> Sizer six hundred sounds like a tech like yeah, <laughs> it's like an equipment. Yeah, yeah he, he actually Sizer six hundred. It sounds like they'd be playing a festival. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, so the Caesar, um, I got the metallics like the easy weed and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're cool, but I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of it to be honest, because yeah. like I think Stahl's uh, electric is actually pretty good. Um, that was actually the first shirt that I pressed, which I didn't bring with me, but it's like a, a mesh sport tech shirt mm -hmm. because my first idea was like, I wanted to make cool streetwear designs for like active people. 
Okay. Because I was hiking in Hawaii. Uh, shout out to Hawaii. Um, and I was like, man, everyone wears like, you know, ugly ass shirts. <laughs> or it's like the club that you're in high school or college. And that oh, kind of yeah. becomes the workout shirt, which is like some thin, you know, bella canvas tee or whatever. Which Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're busted up. Yeah, shirt. the busted yeah. light stuff. And I was like, what if I create like a premium workout? Kind of like Arcteryx does it. Uh, mm-hmm. Patagonia. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. You know, but not as expensive. Um, obviously, tech wear can get crazy pricey. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, you know, these blanks are like eight to ten dollars and then press it, you know, a couple bucks. Um, so yeah, I pressed this mesh shirt and that was the electric because I thought the electric in photo was the 3M because oh, it looks similar because they're both gray and metallic. Yeah, and then but I got that one's it. not reflected. It's not reflected. Yeah. But I was like, that's eh, fine. And to this day, it has not ripped or anything. And I washed nice. that like twice a week for 52 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to stalls keeping it together the wash <laughs> there we go works. yeah because i think the thing with vinyl is like if you apply it correctly and you take care of it it lasts as long as like anything yeah else. as long as the garment correct yeah so yeah. dude oh, i hate when people give vinyl a better up like it peels it peels i'm like no it peels because you try to use your iron mm-hmm. it peels because you didn't set your press right yeah but it, it doesn't peel because it peels mm-hmm. like i've never had a piece of vinyl peel um once I learned how to do it right, uh, I've never had anything peel since. Yeah, because it more so kind of cracks like screen print or like it rips yeah. in the corners, you know. But that's natural. That's just wear yeah. and tear after. There's not a shirt in the world that, exactly. that will not do that. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a pretty big misconception with the heat. I know that's one of the questions coming up probably. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like because even me before I bought my press and like, you know, I saw people like I think one of the, the things on the sheet was like, you know, who inspired me or who gave me the information to get mm-hmm. started. Um, Big Brando, that guy Love is Big Brando. dope as fuck. Um, I think this other guy, I forgot his exact name, but Rich Kun, I think. Oh, yeah, Rich. yeah, uh, Hustle Ninjas. Hustle Ninjas, yeah, yeah. Those two guys, like, because I was watching, you know, I'm a YouTube guy, like, YouTube yeah. University, because I, I... 100%. <laughs> you know, because that was, like, our thing, like, high school was, was when YouTube came out, so it's, like, very, you know, part of my oh, soul yeah. and my academic uh, experiences. But, you know, I, I like spending time on YouTube and looking up how to heat press there's so many crafters, so many people sponsored, so many people trying to sell things. And yeah. I think their channel spoke the most to me because they were just two dudes that kept it very real. And that's who I strive to be as well. Like, I don't like selling things to people. It's more like, this is what I do. This is what I have. You know, you right. want it or not, you know, <laughs> yeah. not as aggressive. And then there's not, <laughs> I, I love those guys because they're not like real big gatekeepers either. Like, yeah. they're just very free with the information. That's one thing I noticed about your channel. And I don't know, did they like influence you to be like that? Or because you're very free with your info. Like, was that like an influence of them? Or is that just something you just, you're just naturally like, hey, here's how to do it? I love teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be a chemistry teacher first. Okay. Yeah. That's this is a whole story. <laughs> Holy lifetime, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, life is crazy because things change and your career path changes, your mindset changes, like, you know, and you just take a different path and all of a sudden you're making shirts out of your apartment kind yeah. of thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I like teaching. I like educating because it's always cool to watch someone learn something new and then they start becoming something and you're like, I had that influence and impact on someone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see because now that person will remember you and then they'll probably pass on that knowledge to someone else. Yeah. So for basic information, like cut settings, press settings, like I don't care. Like I'll share what I did, you know, like, cause to be honest, it might, it might not even work for you because your machine Dude. may be different <laughs> than mine. So it's like, yeah, mine is 10, 17, three, but yours might be 
six, you know, yeah, I, 25. I don't know. I like, could watch a recipe video and not make the same steak, yeah, bro. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, this is what I are indeed. This is works. This is what works for me, which is like, I think what a big brando says a lot. It's like, yeah. this is what I do. Mm -hmm. This is what I like. If you want to do it, that's up to you. But yeah. this is how I do things. And yeah, I think I definitely got that influence from him. Um, but that's like cool. when I used to, uh, I guess, coach music production, I did some like one-on-one -on -one lessons and stuff. Like when I do sound design or mixing, it's the same thing. It's like, this is how I do it. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to do it the way I do it because there's a thousand ways to do these things. And that's what's yeah. beautiful about being a creative person is like, there's no right way, you know? Yeah. And as someone who doesn't have a formal training in like creative or anything, like I just learned on the go. Like it's a lot of trial and error, but that's really when you learn like what doesn't work. Yeah. When in school, like you only learn what works. So you don't have that. So true, yeah. yeah, you don't have that like, I don't know. It's just a different upbringing, I think, as a creative yeah. person. Like you're willing to just throw everything at the wall. What sticks? Okay, yeah. what does this stick? What in this not stick? You know. Do you have Do you have the DIY disease where you, everything has like you're fixing your own sink and oh uh, yeah, I like to fix things <laughs> unless it's like if it's above my pay grade, I'm like nah, fuck yeah. this. Like like so I like to bike a lot. Okay. Um, biking in general maintenance is easy, but the derailleur, which is like the gears and shifting, mm -hmm. like you turn something the wrong way and you don't know which way it's turning, it starts clicking. <laughs> And then once it comes off, you're like, oh no, <laughs> you ruined it. How much yeah. is this mistake going to cost me? So yeah, I think I'm, I'm realistic, but yeah, I do like being DIY with everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Cool. Man, I, I love all the information you've given us today. Um, and it's really interesting to see, even in your creative path, like you've worked with big brands, you've worked with your own brands. Like what's the difference between the two? I mean, I would imagine there's more fulfillment working for your, for yourself. But can you kind of speak to like how the experience has been for you in, in both aspects, big brands versus your own? Yeah. I mean, this kind of ties back to the whole brand power thing. Like when you work with a bigger brand, like the budget's higher, but sometimes the creativity isn't as high because, oh, yeah. you know, a client wants what they want. Right. So you're kind of being plugged in to make what they want. But as a designer, I think you have the freedom to create what you want while adhering to their guidelines. So it's like a challenge in itself. Um, one of the biggest projects I worked on was with DC and Batman. Oh, uh, it was the Elenium collaboration that we did through Top Jar Merch. Not me personally, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I, did, I but led the creative. I led of course, the you're still involved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But, you know, the challenges is like when you work with a big company like that, you can't just take the logo and put things inside of it. There's like IP rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. So like that's why when you see big companies collaborate with like big films, you're like, why is this so whack? Like it's just logos. <laughs> but that's because there's all these rules and you know, I had to learn yeah. that that way. And it it doesn't give you that same creative fulfillment versus like working on my own brand. You know, I'm the creative director, I'm the production lead, I'm the customer service person. <laughs> you know, I'm everything, everything. So I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. And I think the fulfillment is so different, mm -hmm. but your risk is bigger because you're relying on yourself to bankroll, you're relying on yourself to make sales. You know, that's like the trade off. But yeah, I think working with brands is it's definitely helpful. Like it, it shapes the way you think about your projects in a bigger light versus just like, I'm gonna make what I like without mm -hmm. thinking about the customer experience. So, do you, do you think you'll ever exclude outside work and go 100% for your own brand? Is that the goal or are you always going to stay open to other work? I'm smiling cuz I'm trying to figure that out right now. Okay, okay. Um yeah, cuz you know, financially like brands that you create, there's a lot more cash flow going on and it's more reliable on how much sales you make every day versus yeah. you got a big project in, you know, that can cover your whole month. Like Yeah. And obviously, like, that would give me time to put more time into my own thing. 
So sorry, <laughs> my bad. Um, yeah, so I think for now, like I'm cool with working with other people because I do work with people I, in, I actually enjoy working with. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing is like, I don't work with people I don't like because yeah. I've been there so many times and why make yourself feel, feel miserable oh, when geez. it's your own company? Like don't work with someone you don't like just for the bag. Like, yeah. cause there are so many clients in the world, you know, you'll find them. Oh yeah, and I forget who said it. There's, it could have been Brando. Like, not all money is good money. Exactly. And it's like, dude, the longer I'm in business, the more. I <laughs> yeah, like, cause I've been, you know, in the industry for ten years, my own company for two ish, and even then, like, the main reason why I left was because there were some clients where I was like, I don't want to really work with these people, you know. But yeah. I don't have a choice when it's someone else's company because they keep right. the lights on, <laughs> you know. But for it's me, it's like I don't need this extra work because I can work on something else that I actually care about yeah. or work with people that I want to grow with, you know. So, yeah, the fulfillment is, I think, what draws me to my own branding stuff a lot more. Dude, so, man, so I feel like there's been, just been so much valuable information. I, honestly, your story is really inspiring. Like, I love... I love your path. I feel like we're on similar paths. Definitely different. Uh, I I am jealous of your independence right now. Same, same, <laughs> but different. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So, but I have to ask. Like, there's a lot of people watching who they're seeing your story. And they're like, man, I want, I want to do that. So, what advice would you give somebody who wants to start their own line, their own uh, clothing brand, uh, merch line, whatever it is? That, but their own elements, their own creativity on the t-shirts or hats or whatever yeah i mean first off like the fact that people even care about what i do means so much to me so it's, <laughs> it's it's honestly unreal um but the first thing i would say is like don't be afraid to fail people mm. are afraid of failure because they're like i don't want to you know waste money and do whatever but at the end of the day like if you don't fail you're not going to learn so and yeah. failing is like probably the biggest lesson that you can grow from because I didn't get here because I did this one time. I got here because I've done so many different things, learned so many different things. And it's just become this because I never gave up. Yeah. And when you first start something, like your creativity is at its all-time high because you don't know any like specs. Yeah. <laughs> when you first open Photoshop and you make something, it's gonna look crazy. And like you'll never probably repeat that again. Yeah. You know, when you first open Ableton, which is a music producing software. You're going to do the, the craziest sound design that you'll probably never, ever do when you're like two years in. Yeah. But like those are the, the moments that I think are really precious. And like that kind of defines your journey to move forward because you started it because you love it. And doing something because you really care changes the way you approach it. And you can't fail yourself. Yeah. At least that's how I, I see it. Like Yeah, for sure. Like if I let down myself, then I failed because... Like I'm me, yeah. You know? and like I, I'm right? not to turn to. So it's like, it's not really a pressure on myself. It's more like a promise. Like you're gonna make this shit happen, or else like no one else is gonna do it for you. Yeah, so, yeah, dude. Good stuff, man. Like <laughs> I, I really appreciate. I'm, I'm taking it all in, and I, like I feel like your last sentence just really just like, I'm, I'm digesting it right now because <laughs> no one's gonna do it for me. Yeah, like no one's gonna, no one's gonna set it up. No one's gonna learn it. Uh, and I think it's really important. Dude, Kenji, I really want to appreciate you for coming by today. Yeah, of course. Uh, just drop it all the knowledge, man, all the knowledge, all the inspiration. Um, but before we let you go, people are looking at your shirt, man. They're looking at your hat. So do me a favor. Let them know where can they find you? Where can they find your stuff? How can they support channel, follows, buys, whatever? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can find me at ICanDoIt.studio, Instagram, um, TikTok, trying to grow, grow that TikTok. So give me a follow on TikTok. YouTube as well. I want to do more long form content so I can go more in detail with what I do. 
Also, my shop is ICanDoIt.shop. So you can go there, find my vision house. Um, I also sell artwork because I do photography as well. So yeah, it's like a one-stop shop where I just showcase everything. You know, it's like a garage sale of like (laughs) my creations. So yeah, find me there. Send me a DM if you want to connect. I'm always down to chat with people. I also offer one-on-one consultations. So if you want to do, you know, an in-depth analysis of your business or if you don't know how to start, you know, we spend an hour talking about what equipment to buy, what materials I use. You know, it's more of like a, casual kind of like a talk session like this where you can just get real with me tell me what your budget is and i can kind of give you a starting point so that you know how to get your business started so yeah that's about it beautiful well dude thank you so much again for joining us uh everybody watching thank you guys for watching and listening this has been the customizing culture podcast uh the heat press nation podcast my name is jared barbosa your host and one more time give it up hi kenji I can do a studio. Thank you so much. (laughs) That is me. (laughs) Cheers, guys.